listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. All right, good morning. Real Life, how are you guys doing? Good? I want to welcome all those of you joining online. Thanks for being part of our family here uh, and joining with us. Uh, as we dive into our second uh, message in our Rooted series, if you missed last week, it's online. We talked about being rooted in the Bible, being rooted in the text. And as you can tell by our interesting video today, we are going to talk about prayer. And uh, I think for many of folks, they might have experienced something similar to that the first time maybe you were asked to pray, or you think as you look at uh, what does prayer look like in my life, and how does this work, and, and having the eyes look up, and what's going on, and did I say the right words in the right order, and how does all this work, and I want to have everybody take a deep breath and relax when you think about prayer. Everybody take a deep breath. You're breathing the air that God gave us. And when we pray, it is pretty simply communicating with our Father in heaven. It's not about a great oration or a lack of one. It is mostly not about the correct order to say the right things and unlock some complex code that the God of the universe has for you if you pray the correct prayers in the correct manner and the correct time at this certain words day by day. It's not about, it's not time to worry about what other people are thinking. Sometimes when I and praying around the church or praying with people, I'll, I'll pray with somebody and they'll be like, man, that was so powerful. Like, like the hairs on my neck stood up. Like, oh, that was so powerful. And it was powerful because we have a very, very powerful God. It has nothing to do with the sinful man that said the prayer. We are petitioning to the God of the universe to intercede into our own lives and the lives of others. He is powerful. I want you to think this is the theme for today, and I want you to get comfortable with this theme today, and I want you to memorize a piece of scripture today. The theme for today is that prayer is a lifestyle. It is not an event. Prayer for the Christian is a lifestyle. It is not an event. It's not something you do when you score a touchdown or one less than you should have. It's not something that you do just at dinner time because that's an event that's happening. It's not something you just do at weddings or just when you walk in this building. Prayer is to always be on your lips. Prayer is a lifestyle. Uh, So we're going to, the verse I want you guys to focus on and highlight this week and and memorize is in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 16, 17, and 18. And here's what it simply says. It's not in your notes. This is a bonus from this morning as, though, as I was praying for this sermon and re-putting some things together. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Praise God always. Pr- pray continually or without ceasing, as some of your versions might say. Be, al- be always praying. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
so Paul is writing this letter and they think it's Paul and they think it's 50 AD. So 20 years after Jesus, 20 years after Jesus is exiting and he's writing to Thessalonica, a place that he can't even really go to because he is not welcome there as he was not welcomed in lots of places. And this church is going through this, this, these Christians are going through lots of uh, pain and anguish and the whole book is awesome, but he gets to this point in his final talk and the advice that he leaves them with is rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Very simple, very powerful three verses. So why do you want to pray? Why should that be part of your life? Why is this part of the roots, Josh? Why is this the roots and the foundation? I read my Bible and do things, but like, what would happen in my life if I amped up my prayer life by 10 or 20 or 30 or 40% or whatever percentage you want? What would it look like? What would change if I started communicating? Prayer is simply communication with the creator of the universe. Somehow he can hear 8 billion people at the same time talking to him and praying to him. And he has a desire to communicate to you through his word, his written word. These are really important things he wanted to communicate to us. And then he left us with this thing called the Holy Spirit that is in our lives. And he wants continual communication with every step and everything that you're doing in your life. So why would you want to communicate with the creator of the universe? Do you think he knows a good path for you? Do you think he has a great plan for you in your life? How well do you know God's plan for your life? And how well do you know God? Those would probably run side by side. So there's some great reasons to pray, some selfish uh, reasons to play, pray. It reduces stress. It's been medically proven that people like, who pray and who have a good prayer life, their stress is lowered. And stress causes about half of all hospital visits in, in America. Anxiety, all of these things. Uh, it helps build relationships. When you actually pray and interact with other people, that's another good thing. It increases your empathy. Increased empathy for others will change this world. It will absolutely change this world. It gets our eyes off ourselves. It's God asking us to partner with him to rebuild his kingdom. When our eyes look at each other's and our hearts, each other's, when we look at each other's hearts and we pray for them, empathy grows and healthy empathy is really, really good for the kingdom of God and it's really, really good for you. You should spiritually exercise, says the fat guy who physically exercises. But you should spiritually exercise your mind. In God's word, which we talked about last week, dig your well before you're thirsty. By the way, how many people started digging your well even more intentionally last week? Anybody? Okay, there's 221 of you that signed up for the church app. How many people are on day seven, six or seven? All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. How many people are finding it fruitful and giving you a great understanding of what the text looks like and where it came from and why it was written that way and how it works? Join us. You can still join us. But that's important. But your spiritual exercises of reading God's word and then waiting to hear from him about what you read or waiting to hear from him in your, in your conversations with him like he's walking with you everywhere. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. 
It's almost like when Jesus left this earth and he said, I'm going to give you a wise counselor. He meant like not just on call, but like that lives with you and like lives in your heart. It's good for your emotional health. So prayer, the purpose of prayer, what it's for is to change our hearts. It's connection to God simply. The better we connect with God, the better we are for humanity. And it doesn't just happen in the event of reading the Bible, which is good. It doesn't just happen praying over food. It doesn't just happen at a wedding or a funeral where you expect somebody to pray. It happens like in 1 Thessalonians. To pray continually, to always have it on your lips. We change from people who God who asks God to conform to our will and our way. And we actually start conforming to his will and his way because we're in relationship with him. And his will and his way are going to be better. We move to his purpose. A prayerful church is a church that is submitted to the will of God. Is this body of people, are we submitted to God's will and his purpose for the plans that he has for all you all? as a church. We are under his power, his blessing, his protection, his authority. That doesn't mean everything's perfect, but we sit underneath his power. And we do that by understanding his word and by communicating with him daily, all of us. So it's critical that you make prayer a lifestyle and not an event. It's critical that a church grow some real depth and spiritual roots in prayer as a community. And we're trying to do that here. We're trying to grow deeper. You know that we have the folks that come up after every service. You can come up and receive prayer up here with elders and there's uh, our leaders and our folks. They'll come up here. And like, there's people that walk out of here every week, I'm sure, that have prayer requests that don't get in community to do it. But like, we want to pray with you. You'll see me walking by. If you're, on occasion, I'll get asked to, I'll be talking with somebody and they're like, could you pray for me? And I'm like, yep, right now. When somebody asks you to pray for them, You don't need to go to your prayer closet to do it. Right now, right then, right there, right now, you put your hand on their shoulder and you're like, Lord, and if you forgot your name, you say brother or sister. (laughs) They are your brother or sister. But you stop and you pray for them right there. And you intercede to the creator of the universe and you're asking them to be involved in the situation. How cool would it be to be walking down the streets of Moscow and to see people stopped with their hands up and praying for somebody right there and not caring who's watching? Because we're interceding for the Father in heaven to come down to this place. As earth and heaven collide, we're bringing the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth through our obedience to God's word and our obedience and how he talks to us. Let's grow some depth. How about some practical tools for you and I? For those of you who do not pray often or never really have, the awkwardness goes away the closer, to, the, the closer you get to God. I remember my earlier prayers in life. And I'm sitting there, brand new Christian, heathen as all can get out, sin all over me, ask for forgiveness, keep messing up. And I remember I'm like, I'm, oh, there's like, oh, you're supposed to pray? Read your Bible and pray. People are still teaching that stuff. Can you believe it? Yeah, read your Bible and pray. And I remember praying and I was like, okay, well, we're the kneelers. Because that's when I would pray is when you got on a kneeler. Well, what? You mean I can just pray sitting in my car? 
I don't have to get out and be face down. No. And I remember praying and I was, I'm sure I was struggling with something. And I remember I was like, okay, do I got to fold my hands? Do I got to have it like this? You know how you and I talk all the time. As soon as I see you, I'm like, hi, how are you doing? In our conversations. And I remember praying and I was kind of praying hard. And then I was like, okay, I can't see him. I don't know if he's really talking back to me, but I didn't know how to do it very well, but I was willing to try. I wanted to understand what this communication was like with the Father in heaven. Now, let me give you a practical tool uh, to use as you go through in your times of prayer, your organized times of prayer. We'll talk about it always being on your lips all the time, but your organized times of prayer. So you come to God in the morning. What are some things you can do? Here's an acronym in your notes called ACTS. One of the first things you can do is called adoration. A prayer of adoration is a, a praise, uh, a prayer that praises God for his goodness and his majesty. And we see this all throughout the text. You can see prayers. You know that the word pray or prayer is over 600 times in the text? You can find this all over the text. Like that culture is like, oh, rain. Thank you, Lord God, for the rain. Immediately. Oh, we have good fruit. Thank you, God, for this fruit that we get to eat. Oh, something tragic happened. Lord, have mercy on our soul. Everything was immediately connected to prayer and praying to, to a God or the God. So let's take a, look, a quick look at uh, Psalm uh, 111. And I'm going to just say, uh, I'll talk with verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart and the counsel of the upright and the assembly. Praise God. Thank you, God. So you're praying in the morning, trying to figure this out. You got your ACTS acronym written on your notes in your Bible. And you're like, okay, what can I praise God for? Cool. We have an amazing universe. We are still on the correct axis as we rotate around the sun. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're not flying off into somewhere else. And you see, so you start praising God and you get, start looking for things to praise God for. Become more keenly aware of all the things that are going on. And we adore God. Verse 9, it says, He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Anointed and amazing is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have, uh, have good understanding. Lord, let, you know what I prayed for today? We were in our circle with all of our volunteers. And we prayed for every church in Moscow, all the Christian churches in Moscow, that the doors would be open, that people would come in and they would meet God the Father and that our town would be changed. And I even included the Palouse and then Randy reminded me I didn't include Lewiston, so I included Lewiston too. That God's word, that his explosion of his people, no matter where you call your church home, would come and explode in this kingdom. To him belongs eternal praise. And the next thing is, so you have A, so you're, you're thinking, what, are, what kind of things that I'm not thanking God for, but you're just amazed by? Next thing is confession. We see this in 1 John 1, 9, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we pray, confession should be a regular part of our life. So we adore God. And then I'm, so here's how I do it. I'm like, oh, I, I can look outside. I can see a sunset. I can see the stars. I'm, I'm, I, am, I am flabbergasted and amazed by the creator of the universe. I am. I have no problem finding things to be like, whoo, whoo, wow. 
And then I get to confession. And I'm getting better because I have to and because I'm older, but I'm getting better of confessing right away. So my lists are shorter, but I always go back and I'll be like, Lord, just in case, is there anything that I missed that I need to confess? And you know what? Occasionally there is. And occasionally, by occasionally, I mean always. <laughs> Where he leads me to something, he's like, ugh, how'd you feel? And more, it's not even like, boom, conviction. It's more like, how'd you feel about that, Josh? Hmm, I, I didn't feel really great about that. Hmm, why didn't you feel great about that? Hmm, because that was pretty not very Christian. Why don't you make that right? Okay. Okay. I'll try. Thanksgiving. A-C-T, Thanksgiving. Being thankful to the creator who has given us the opportunity to live in his creation. Thankful for the blessings and the challenges in our lives. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's not a bad verse to memorize. What are you thankful for? How do you practice being thankful? What does that look like in your life as you start functioning throughout and what you can see people with a thankful heart and a thankful attitude. Their like countenance is better. How they walk and how they move and how they function, they're like, I got lots to be thankful for. God is good. Thank you, God, for the privilege to serve in your kingdom. It's in our language. We're servants of the God most high. Thanks for health and provision and friendships. Thank you for seeing me and hearing me. The last one is supplication, A-C-T-S, supplication. And that simply means the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. This is a different kind of prayer. This is a powerful, pleading, please intercede, God, prayer. These are the, are the prayers that are covered in tears, where there's tears all over the floor and tears on the... Like these are the things that are deep, deep, deep in your heart. That you're asking that, that it just can't happen without God. We see this in 1 Samuel with, with Hannah. And it says, in her deep anguish... Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. What is going on in her life? Like what would have her in so much anguish? What would have her weeping bitterly? And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. It's a Nazarite vow. Can you picture Hannah grieving and praying in supplication to the Lord, not for a new thing or a new this or some sort of thing, but you're asking God to intercede where only he can show up. And sometimes I'm afraid to do that. Because I'm afraid that if I don't see him show up in the way that I thought he should show up, then, then maybe he's not real. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he probably doesn't answer your prayers in the time that you wanted. 
and in the way that you want it because his will is perfectly good and mine is not. But that should never dissuade us from going to our knees and praying and asking God to come in and then understanding his grace and mercy and his will is better. I pray often and I don't get the answer that I want, so he must not be a real God because I didn't get what I want. Is there something wrong on that statement besides all the eyes and me's and my wants? So to go to God in supplication, this is kind of prayer is near and dear and heavy on my heart. This is for a friend in a marriage crisis. A friend or a family member in serious health situation. For something that only God can do. This is a significant time investment and intensity of prayer. And these prayers stay with me. And when one gets answered, that you know that it is just God. Like, that's it. There ain't no other way this happened. It is strictly just God. Science doesn't fix this. You know, uh, somebody else didn't fix it. This was God's hand. You know what that does to your faith? You know what happens when the powerful, real, living God, and you ask him a prayer and something changes in your heart and you see it? Do you know what kind of a Christian? You are dangerous when that happens. You are fearless. So ACTS, that's, that's just a great acronym for you to go through as you're walking through your prayer life or you're thinking about things like, oh, well, I'm supposed to pray more. What should I pray for? for? Oh, hey, adoration. Okay, is there anything I need to confess? Oh, Lord, thank you. And then supplication. Let me let you uh, into my personal prayer life, like kind of just how I have this as a lifestyle and not as an event. So there are rhythms and habits of times in which you're praying. But when it's a lifestyle, it's always on your lips. And it could be as simply as you're driving along and you see somebody that's on the side of the road and they're, uh, they're struggling and they're, they're in a walker or whatever it is. And I'm just driving by. Of course, I drive right by. No, sometimes you stop if God calls you to. But you're like, Lord, make that path well for them. Driving on. Cut you off. Lord, forgive me for that one. Just as you're walking. If you ever walk past people when you have the presence of God, you walk past them and there's, like, there's something you're like, whoa, whoa I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your life. I'm going to pray for the things that are strong. Well, it's just immediate. It's always on your lips. It's always on your life. It's not something that you have to set and you plan. It's communication with God. Jesus would most likely uh, said certain prayers three times a day. But it is always, how often you read the text and you see Jesus went away and he prayed. If Jesus needs to pray, what do you think we should be doing? Praying. Jesus, there's a Shema prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Why did he want to remind him of that prayer himself three times a day? And how does that work in your life and my life when we're walking around and we're like, the Lord God, the Lord is alone. I don't have any other lords in my life. You are number one in my life. I am at your service. I am at, what would you have me do, Father? I love you so much, Lord. I want to learn how to love you even more. I want to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. I am at your service, Lord. And help me love these other fine folks as well. 
The very disciples asked Jesus how we should pray. Matthew 6, 9, this is the Lord's Prayer. Do you know the Lord's Prayer? People know the Lord's Prayer that aren't even Christians. It's like the super, super common prayer that everybody would know. And it's become so common in the Christian world that I think that we've fallen away from its amazing significance. Now, there's a study listed below in the Goer Deeping, Deeping, Goer, boy, Going Deeper, Thessalonians, I'll have those fixed for the next service, no. uh, uh, are Going Deeper uh, link there. And it's a nine-part uh, study from uh, our friend Brad uh, on the Lord's Prayer. And so you would have to spend nine times 20-ish. You'd spend like 180 minutes. You'd spend like three hours learning about this prayer and learning about the depth of this prayer. But let's read it together. Then this is how you should pray. How should we pray, God? What does it look like? How do we unlock the codes and do the right things? And he's like, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Whose Father? Ours. All of ours. Your father, my father, your father, my father, your father, my father, our father. And where is he? He's in heaven. How does this work? Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. It's reverence. Has there been reverence lost on occasion for God? Like when you play a meet the parents video in church? Had a purpose. But holy is God's name. Holy is his name. Your kingdom will come. Your will be, will be done. Whose will? His will. That's what we're here for. The giftings and the plan and the purpose that he has in your life. This beautiful baby right here. This awesome. They have, there's an amazing plan for her life. Amazing plan for her life. Through his kingdom and his will be done through her. His kingdom and his will be done through you. And you and you and you. It's the invitation to get on the team. To not get our get out of hell card and just be okay Christians, American Christians, but to actually get on the team and move God's kingdom forward right here, right now. And that comes through rooted Christians. Rooted Christians. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago as earth and heaven collide. Give us our daily bread. Lord, th- thank you for your provision on a daily basis. No, well, my 401k and the stock market and, you know, 17 years from now when I retire. Now, give me my daily bread. My daily bread. I want to trust you daily. Where do we put our trust? How often do we put our trust in him? And also forgive us our debts because we are racking those up. As we have also forgiven those who rack up debts against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I don't think Lord's leading you into temptation, but temptation is coming after you and I, is it not? Which is why we have to be rooted in God's word, which is why we have to be rooted in prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle, not an event. Prayer changes our perspective by inviting our Father to mold and make our hearts. When people choose to understand his will and his way and become obedient to his plan, the world changes. It starts with you. 
and then it goes into your family, and then it goes into your friends, and then your neighbors, then your neighborhood, then your city, then your state, then your country, and to the world. But it starts with you having a lifestyle of prayer. Our lobby's filled with people. Hey, you're talking with somebody and they need prayer. You're meeting with your neighbor right here. They need prayer. You know what else we did this morning? It's probably weird. You're probably like, I don't ever want to be part of that. We got in a circle this morning and we turned to the person to the left and we said a blessing over that person. There's like 20 of us in a circle. And then we turned to the right and we said a blessing over that person. We were invoking God's calling upon each and every one of them as they build his kingdom. His kingdom come. If the Bible is the ground to plant your roots in, then prayer is the water and fertilizer to grow and strengthen and deepen your roots. Grow deep roots. Dig your well deeper than just understanding his text or reading his text, but actually applying it in our life and actually being in communication with him on a daily basis. Add that water. And you do that by making prayer a lifestyle, not just an event. So we have practical tools on how to to pray when you're you're actually just taking some time praying. And I'm I'm not sure what I should pray about. Okay, let's go through Acts. Then we have arrow prayers. I love my arrow prayers. It's just like, those are the drive-by prayers where you're just like, you're, you're going along and the Lord's working on something. You're like, oh yeah, that marriage, Lord. Have your hand upon that marriage. Oh yeah. Have your hand upon those finances. Oh, yeah. Have your hand upon the studies that are going on. Oh, yeah. Have your hand upon the life groups. Do you know what happened in this room at around 7 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock this morning? Do you know that there were a couple people here that were worshiping and walking around every chair that you sit in? They usually walk around. I'll come in here, too. And they'll be walking around, and they're praying over the seats that you're sitting in. They were praying for you before you got here today. Do you know that at about 7.30 in our, uh, our North Conference room, uh, there's a group of people that pray, and there's a whole list of things that we're praying for, and we'll get down there, and they're praying fervently for God's will to be done in this church. Through you. Through you and your gifts and your talents and what you're going to do out there this week. We want to continue to have a church that is bathed in prayer, that is submitted to God's will, his ways, his plans always by making prayer a lifestyle, not just an event. Amen? All right. We're going to take this time. We're going to go to communion. Uh, Ron has got some communion. Read over there. I'm sure we'll do that. If you can raise your hand, we take communion every day or every week as a church. We can take it every day. Every week as a church, we take communion. And communion is rooted in who we are. As we see the Father in heaven. Got a couple over here. Ron, you see him? If you keep your hand up, he'll get them to you. Thanks, brother. Two. Be rooted in prayer. Have it be on your lips all the time. And the more you're in God's word, the more prayers that you're going to understand and see and the more things that you're going to be talking about to God. As we walk, as we talk, he's there every second, every moment all the way to his death on the cross, to his resurrection, and to leaving us with the Holy Spirit to walk us and guide us through our life as we read God's word and as we pray and we are rooted. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. This is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember God's will, his way, his kingdom, his plan, his purpose. Thank you, Father. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, we do remember you. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. I ask that the prayer life of this church explodes. I ask that you would just come upon each and every one of us, that we would move closer to you in our prayer life, whether we've had this wonderful prayer life over our entire life or whether this would be newer to us, Lord. That we would come to you in prayers of of supplication. We would come to you in prayers of adoration. We would come to you in prayers of thankfulness, Lord. We would confess things to you and to one another. That we would be so moved by your Holy Spirit that we would start to look even more like your kingdom, Lord. That your will would be so evident in our lives that it would come off our lips in words. It would come through our hands in action. It would come through our hearts as we serve and see. Father, keep us a praying church. Grow this area in our church and in our own individual lives. Give us deep roots. We love you. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.